welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so others can find the show too. My guest today is Cassandra Bates. Cassandra runs the WSU Plant Disease Diagnostic Clinic, where she sees a wide variety of plant pests and diseases and disorders, as well as serves on the WSU Extension Dryland Cropping Systems team. She specializes in identifying what disease or pest could be ailing a plant, as well as management solutions for plant issues. She graduated from Michigan State University with a master's in entomology and nematology, Her research focused on trap crop systems for the control of soybean cyst, sugar beet cyst, and root lesion nematodes. From there, she went on to be the education coordinator for the North Central Plant Diagnostic Network, then on to managing various research programs from potato cyst nematode in Idaho to tick-borne pathogens in cattle. Hello, Cassandra. Hello, Drew. So I wonder if you can tell our audience what the WSU Plant Disease Diagnostic Clinic is. The Plant Disease Diagnostic Clinic is a is a place, it's an actual location here on campus that individuals can submit samples of sick plants or plants that they suspect are sick to get a diagnosis as well as just help on what to do with that sick plant. Okay, so plant just looks a little bit out of sorts and you're wondering what's going on, they can submit a sample to you. What, uh, what diseases or disorders of small grains... Um, have you received this past year? Well, we saw a lot of uh, weather-related issues uh, with small grains. Um, we saw a lot of physiological leaf spot uh, and some chemical damage, um, potential herbicide damage, uh, which, by the way, our clinic does not do. You have to send it to a certified analytical lab, and we have that information on our website. We also did see some burning of some fertilizer application as well. As far as diseases go, we saw some snow mold earlier in the season, and we saw some Rhizoctonia root rot, as well as some uh, Pythium damping off. And then we also saw a little bit of stripe rust and then some take all in some fields that were planted to wheat after multiple years of alfalfa. As far as viruses go, we saw a little bit of wheat streak mosaic virus we also saw soil-borne wheat mosaic virus, which is notable because it was north of Highway 2, and which could possibly indicate that the virus is spreading because historically it's only been found in the Walla Walla area. Okay. So um, other than the viruses, nothing really out of the ordinary. Uh, wheat streak mosaic virus, which was very common when I was in Nebraska, uh, it was just because we had a lot of hail events, we often had the wheat streak mosaic virus, but I haven't heard much of it here. And like you said, the soil-borne mosaic virus was pretty much thought to be just around Walla Walla, but now you think it might be spreading beyond that area. So can you describe maybe the symptoms of those two diseases? So if people see those, they might have an idea of what they might have there? Of course. 
with soilborne wheat mosaic virus and then as well as wheat streak mosaic, they have very similar symptoms. It's just a matter of when those symptoms present themselves. A lot of times with soilborne, uh, you will see that coming out of the spring, whereas wheat streak, you'll see it later in the season when it starts warming up and the um, vector, which is the is a mite, is usually com- comes on later in the season. Okay. But and that symptom is Oh, it's yellowing <laughs> of the of the leaves. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a yellowing. Um sometimes you can get some stunting as well, but it it it's not a complete yellowing of the leaves, but it's patchy almost. Kind of a modeling. Modeling, yeah. 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 It's actually uh, I always had well, unless it was severe, I had difficulty telling whether it really was wheat streak mosaic or just some other thing. So it's not real easy, and that's why sending a sample in for a uh, – you, you do ELISA, or what's the test you do? We do ELISA, okay. yes. And and you are correct, Drew, in that it, it can be mistaken for a lot of other things. A lot of times it presents itself as a nutrient deficiency, um, and that's why, yes, you are correct. It, it's better to – if you suspect virus, just to submit a sample and get it tested. And you mentioned earlier that you that you don't identify herbicide injury, but but you can kind of let people know kind of if you think it is herbicide injury or something else, correct? Correct. Uh, we the clinic with the, with the aid of our our weed scientist here on campus, we can narrow it down a little bit to at least say yes, it is chemical. As far as saying the exact chemical. We, we recommend that you do get the, the plant tissue tested. Okay. So uh, if you had a sample that you wanted to submit to the clinic, how, how do you go about doing that? Samples can be mailed via FedEx, ma- you know, regular snail mail, UPS. Uh, we do hope that it is overnighted with ice if possible. Uh, or you can walk it into the clinic here on campus. And where's that located? The clinic is now located in 228 Clark Hall, which is second floor. Clark Hall, you can access it off of Wilson Road, which is next to Holbert and across the street from Enzeminger Pavilion. Okay. What are some of the common mistakes people make when they when they send samples? I know you've brought me a few that it's like by the time they get to me, I'm not sure what's going on. A lot of the mistake is really is not submitting enough information. Um, as well as not an adequate sample. Uh, because by the time maybe you start seeing the symptoms and then you wait and wait and wait, it's too late to make a diagnosis. Um, but probably the biggest problem I see is just not getting an un- n- enough information with the samples provided. Okay. Uh, so is there a sample form people can access? And if so, where do they get that? Yes, there is. On our website, which is plantpath.wsu.edu slash diagnostics. Or you can just access the WSU plant pathology website. And there is a tab on the left-hand side for the diagnostic clinic. And on that site, there are, it's the plant problem form that you would want to fill out as best as you possibly can. Okay. What kind of information do they ask for on that form? Uh, your name. That, that's usually a big thing. Uh, and then just how the plants were grown. What's, what is the variety? What, were any chemicals applied? Um, can you explain the weather during that growing season? Do you know the soil pH? Do you know the soil type? 
when did the symptoms present themselves? When did you first notice them? How much of the plant is exhibiting those symptoms? How much in the whole field is having the, the, the problem? Okay. So um, I know when I have been out to di- try to diagnose problems, the pattern in the field is really important to getting a feel for it. So can people submit a, a, a picture of of the field or, or the location where the problem is occurring? Does yes. that help? Yes. Pictures are worth a thousand words when it comes to diagnosis because like you did say, Drew, uh, distribution in the field really helps because that can also help narrow down if it truly is a disease or if it's possibly something that is chemical in nature or even weather in nature. Okay. So uh, when sending in a plant sample, how much of the plant should one send in and should they send it along with soil or just what... I, I can imagine several different ways. Somebody could just pick off a leaf. Somebody could uh, take the whole plant. Somebody could dig up the roots with the plant. How how much of a sample are you looking for generally? And do you want it both from the plant showing symptoms as well as maybe a, what's considered a healthy plant? Mm-hmm. Yes. We always prefer having both healthy and sick tissue as well as, if you're able to, that in-between stage. Between, you know, maybe you have a plant that is kind of starting to show some symptoms, but is for the most part still healthy. And if you're able to give roots with that sample, that also helps. Soil helps as well. Um, Just a single leaf doesn't really do much. So the more plant tissue you can provide, the better. I once received an entire large tree. So (laughs) it it ranges. Uh, what about fee? Is there a fee for the service or how, how do people um there is a fee. There is a fee. It's forty dollars is the is the base uh fee for, for diagnosis. And then uh depending on which tests may uh need to occur, then uh fees might be added on to that. Okay. And in addition to diagnosing the problem, do you also provide information on how to deal with it, or do you just provide you know, this is what you have. And yes. Here are so, go talk to your county extension person, or what's the? I mean, I do always try to direct people to their county extension agent because uh, they're they're the ones in that county. They they are more familiar with that area. But I do provide information, background information on the diagnoses. So, for example, if something came in with snow mold, I do provide information on snow mold as well as how to pot- potentially prevent it the next year. Um. And then, yeah, just trying to provide as much information as possible and recommendations for control. Okay. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to come here and tell us about the WSU Plant Disease Diagnostic Clinic. I know your reports to the Extension Dryland Cropping Systems team on what you're seeing is very helpful to us as we try to think about what kind of information to send out to growers. So appreciate that. And um Hope our listeners will keep you in mind when they next have a problem in their field or in their yard. Thank you, Drew. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear in future episodes, please email me 
at drew.lyon. That's L-Y-O-N at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.